What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Tech City Podcast. Bella Rose Okoje Duruji here. It is so good to be back on today's episode of the podcast. Now, today's episode is going to touch on a slightly controversial, very sensitive topic, especially when you look at where a lot of young people are with regards to um, migration and just the Jackman movement, basically. We have someone in the studio today who has a product that actually aids relocation and makes it much, much simpler. But beyond that, um, his product and service has scaled in some very interesting way. And we're going to talk about all of that today on the podcast. Please make welcome co-founder of Vesti, Shola Amuson. It's so good to have Hello, you on the podcast. so good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How are you? I am well. Are you related, are you related to the athletes, Toby Amuson? Uh, my dad also messaged me the day and said, mm, are we related? I'm, well, I should be asking. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I got a lot of questions on that. Yeah, I'm it's a large there. family. It's I'm a sure. Large family. Yeah. Yes, yes, and we're we're proud to be associated. Nice one. But we're not like related. <laughs> awesome. So I mean, talk to me about founding Vesti. What was the idea behind creating that product? And um, yeah, where are you right now? Well, well, I mean, today we can say Vesti. A couple of years ago, I say around two years ago. This was October 2020. You know, the whole incident that happened, yeah. everything and hashtag before NSARS. hashtag NSAS. And before that, we had been I, I created a course called Accessing Global Communities. I've been interested in like helping people go global mm -hmm. because you know, just you know, be part of fellowships, organizations abroad, but it wasn't about moving abroad. Right. So during that particular NSAS protest, you know, I felt like there were just so many people clamoring for they wanted to learn more, you mm. know, and then I created this webinar okay. and that webinar like blew up six seven thousand people joined i was like oh my god this is interesting that people have this need that people don't know what to do or how to move abroad how to go to school abroad and that was how we started mm -hmm. guiding people via telegram then we thought okay maybe we could answer these questions enabling it by you know using technology and we created our first mobile app so this mobile app was to answer the question of not necessarily teaching people how to migrate, mm -hmm. but people within our migration group had difficulty making difficult migration payments. Right. So every now and then they will call somebody in the US and say, can you help me make this payment? Can you do this? Can you do that? And so we made our first app to pay West, that's World Educational Services right. for credential evaluation and service fee, which is the student exchange visitor information system fees. So those are the two payments we were supporting at first. And then we expanded to nearly 100 payment types. Wow. And that was what started Vesti, mm -hmm. helping to remove the barrier of difficult migration payments. But because, you know, Jackpot is the thing, <laughs> a lot of people got to know us as the platform that helps people. So we're writing a lot of blogs about how to move to Canada. Right. We're doing periodic webinars on how to move to the US, you know, and considering what the socioeconomic situation in Nigeria is, despite the fact that migration is a human experience mm -hmm. and humans are by nature nomadic, and we're nomads by nature. People yeah. have been moving to the U.S. since like the 1950s. Nigerians finished up their quota for the uh, express, uh, what do you call that thing? The visa lottery, lottery. Very quickly. So this is proof that Nigerians have always wanted to move. Yeah. And the socioeconomic situation in Nigeria today just makes it clearer that people are looking for something more. Mm. So that's the origin of Vesti. It was going to be just a telegram group evolved into an app that was on people with payments. Mm -hmm. But today we have made it the all in one platform for immigration and finance. That's brilliant. Um so how did you go about you know that that transition? 
So you're no longer just about payments. You are now actually enabling um, immigration. How did you go about, what was the skill that you required? I know your brother also is an expert in immigration, right? So talk to us about building that service and that product. Absolutely. So I, for, for one, I was in Microsoft five years prior. Yeah. So, and the next thing I did was that I had a dev shop that was outsourcing technology talents to like software companies in the US. Mm-hmm. So around me, I had that whole community that could build the platform for us. But again, evolving into someone that will now be doing financial services and then immigration, yeah. we had to, you know, learn a lot of things and mm-hmm. we're still learning. Mm-hmm. So towards my final year at Microsoft when I was leaving Microsoft and then going on to focus on my company, Coven Works, I did some data and AI consulting for some of the top banks in Nigeria. Right. So it gave me access to understand like the evolution going on in retail banking and the areas of fintechs and banking that people were not paying attention to. Mm. So the time I spent helping companies like Sterling Bank and some other banks to sort of like evolve like their work around how they use AI in banking really gave me a lot of insight into what's going on in the financial services space. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course my first job was in Banking, even though it wasn't in retail banking, right. I worked for First Bank Research in a university where researching uh, cyber crime and all of that. So you have history, sort of like have some form of yeah. history. It's now that you know, as Steve Jobs says, connecting the dot backwards. Yes. So it's now that I'm connecting the dot backwards. Now on the immigration side, this one is even a no-brainer. My brother, who is my co-founder, yeah. is an immigration attorney, and he studied law. He did his master's. He's law in OAU, and he did his master's in the U.S. Mm-hmm. in New York. And uh, of course, New York has a massive Nigerian immigrant population. So he was lucky that his first job upon getting to the U.S. was actually in a law firm. And that law mm. firm was basically focused on family law for African immigrants. Ah. So that was just perfect. <laughs> so this guy has interfaced with thousands of mm-hmm. immigrants. I mean, literally thousands. Mm-hmm. And he's personally been involved in filing more than 500 green card applications. Wow. So as a result, like everything from adjustment of status, getting your work authorization, is just like the body of knowledge for that. And of course, eventually we had to hire additional lawyers and all of that. So today... We are not just doing like immigration to the US, immigration to Canada, to Portugal, to other countries of the world, mm-hmm. to the to the to the United Kingdom. And even now we have people who are education specialists on our team who are helping people who want to go to school. Yeah. You know, but being able to like balance that. Is it migration or finance? In we fact, are, we've I'm got looking forward you. to a podcast that we discuss. <laughs> is it migration? Because this was something that our investors were always asking. Like, yeah. is it migration or finance? I'm like, why can't it be both? both. Because we are creating an all-inclusive platform, a one-stop location for you to deal with everything, immigration and finance, because you can't remove it. Like, people yeah. arrive in the U.S., they can't order Uber. They One can't, can't work anything. without the other. Even it's before so leaving Nigeria, yeah. to even be global, you need access to financial platforms yeah. that understand the nuances of going from being local to being global. Mm-hmm. So it's an exciting place to play, and it's just been an interesting journey. So I'm, I'm coming to a few more questions about this. Oh, right? Yes, okay, so. but before then... I'm curious about how it is working with your brother because I <laughs> people sometimes complain about how difficult it is to either work with a family member, a spouse, etc. Yeah. But this is a sibling dynamic. Sibling. How does that work with you two? <laughs> well, okay, so I, I, I have a friend who also runs a company with his brother. Right. So when I asked him sometimes like two weeks ago in Philadelphia, I said, how do you deal with your brother? And that's how I'm going to answer this. It was like, we learned how to fight. 
So, but I, I never knew how to articulate it that way. But I think that's it for us as well. We sort of like, we, you have to fight. Like, you have to argue. So, we have that going on. I'm the I'm the older brother. So, uh, I also have reminder. like, some, reminder. So, <laughs> I still get that, you know, sometimes I sort of forget that we're working. I'm still right. like, yeah, it's supposed to do this for me now. Yes, yeah, so and all those kind of things. But but generally, he's a cool guy, cool headed guy. Um, but yeah, we've learned to fight. If you learn how to fight well, mm -hmm. then there will be less issues because you're going to do more of like, you know, just finding out what the issue is, solving it, trying to find out if there is pressure so that you can let that pressure go. Mm -hmm. But I'll say like it's still a journey for us. There's still many years of learning to work together. But yeah, and our parents have been very helpful too. Like that, they, they nice. know that there will be, you know, so they try to, try to help us get along. They, even when they can't really tell what's going on, they just yeah. be like, see you and see you. <laughs> they do all of that. So I'm sure they're proud. You know, but but yeah, so that that is there. Uh, but also, it's just a really great guy. Um, generally, co-founder issues exist. So yeah. now, co-founder, that is also your sibling, co-founder issues exist. <laughs> so well, one of the critical things is to know mm -hmm. that those issues will happen yeah. and to be able to figure it out. And just learning to be selfless. Both of us are learning like to be really selfless. Mm -hmm. So when we're doing stuff, like he's the more selfless guy. So when I'm doing those things, like it goes like, uh, 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 what happened? Like what's <laughs> going on? So yeah, but I'm learning that as well, just yeah. to be selfless because that really helps. Everybody can use like a bit of kindness, like just be kind, don't be, don't be overly, you know, and I'm also, quite the outspoken one so i can be like a little then our spouses as well are very helpful they nice. go like yeah they can't do that it's usually the opposite so his spouse is behind me my spouse is behind him no matter what happens like they never our spouses never support like their own, <laughs> their spouse. own spouse they try to you know and i think that's helped the balance but, I think but overall so. it's really nice building this company with him like mm -hmm. i have days of my frustration but i also have days that i literally call some of my friends and be like if I do this company 10 times, I'll build it with this guy. Like, because yeah. of that. Yeah, so we find strength, mm -hmm. you know, in each other's abilities. Mm -hmm. uh, in my earlier days, one of the mistakes I made that hopefully anybody watching who is trying to find something about with their sibling or even with any co-founder mm -hmm. is that you have this thing where you'll be like, I, let's share this thing 50-50, they work. Like, let's share the work 50-50. There's really no such thing. Like, both of you need to bring 100 on 100%. To be able to create a company that will be 200%. So, but if you're measuring, I've done this, this person has not done this, like, you're going to have issues. Half of the time, you really can't tell what somebody is doing or what yeah. they've gone through, especially because it's their company and they're also committed to it. Yeah. So that learning that is 100% where we're That bringing, is such beautiful advice. Sort of like and I think that applies really to like helps. everything, every, every relationship, yeah, relationship, to be honest. Yeah, marriage as well. Yeah, yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> um, so recently I read something from the British High Commission where they talked about how um, there are lots of Nigerians who are looking to migrate to the UK mm. and even other parts of the world. Canada is there, the yeah. US is there, there's all these countries. Um, and you know, the British High Commission was sort of trying to assure that much as there are lots of Nigerians looking to migrate to the UK, they would help in some way to not let this lead to a brain drain, mm. right? Um, of course, I think brain drain was the term that was used yes. a while ago. Yes. Now it is Jackpa. <laughs> not sure what it's going to be in the next couple of years. But when you hear those kinds of comments, how do you think it affects you? And how does it affect people who may have legitimate reasons for wanting to migrate? Absolutely. So yeah, this is a question that 
you know, I get hacks all the time and people who especially who are patriots who really believe like in, you know, the dream, the Nigerian dream and all of that, always feel like, oh, if you have any platform that is remotely just enabling people to move abroad, you are taking the finest of the talents yeah. away. You know, but the angle I look at it is this, like patriotism is in the heart, you know, it's really in your heart. Whatever it is you want to do, like I've done more from for Nigeria, I feel I've done more for Nigeria since I moved from Nigeria, for uh. example. So the ability, there are things you have as dreams and aspirations to be able to do, how you want to build schools, how you want to furnish libraries, how you want to, you know, transform the health sector. But yeah. if you are not enabled to do it, you don't even have the knowledge to do it. Mm. You know, how would you be able to do it? So yeah, we're advocating for better enabling environment in the country, mm -hmm. but it seems like it's taking time to get there. So the question we should ask ourselves is, should people you know, trade their vision and dreams and aspirations, you know, for the country that is still trying to get itself right. The country will get itself right. But for someone who needs a master's degree in education or mm -hmm. who needs a, you know, a new skill in in, uh, in uh, medicine and surgery, you know, who would never get the chance to do that, should they not find the opportunity to go to all these other countries? The conversation we should be having really is, how can we make our country so attractive that regardless of where people go to study, they will want to come back. Mm. That's what has happened to China. China, yes, lost some people to like living in the West forever, but a very good chunk of the Chinese people, when they get that knowledge, China made sure that they created an environment that would make their people come back to continue to improve like their economy. So I think that's what we should focus on. What are the incentives for someone who finishes a master's degree to come back to Nigeria? Mm -hmm. Would you work on the labor force? Would you work on the companies? Would there be incentives from government to pay people more, to give them an environment that is secure, you know, to provide them with, you know, healthcare that is unparalleled? What are those things that we'll do? Until we answer those questions, we can't complain about brain drain. And quite frankly, we must not assume that the West has us all covered because truly they are looking for the best minds. So even yeah. if they say they will enable, they will ensure there is no brain drain, it is still our responsibility. Mm. First, for the guy who has gone to get a great education abroad, mm -hmm. you know, to decide that he's going to use that knowledge, whether in person or remotely, mm -hmm. to develop his own country, whether he's going to put a time to it, say, I'm going to spend the next 10 years acquiring this economic power to be able to do more or acquiring this education to be able to do more or if i become a you know a neurosurgeon i'm going to give 10 free surgeries you know to xyz teaching hospital every single year i'm going to fly back to africa and have this so i'm going to sponsor xyz amount of kids mm -hmm. to do this i'm going to even contribute to a fund that's going to build this kind of healthcare so that's really what we should be thinking about you know and it's it's just really a very very interesting topic to have and for us we are, we are just committed. We have found out that we are not the ones who are drivers of migration. People are nomads yeah. by virtue of the fact that they are humans. Like there's even a lot of saying that people in Ijebu came from XYZ. People in Oshun or Ileife yeah. came from XYZ. Who do do? I migrated yeah. to Ileife. So migration has always been our thing as humans. It's just how do we? Which company is really thinking about building the rails, the infrastructure? that will make migration a human right, that will make people to be able to move wherever they want to, mm -hmm. and that will make capital as mobile as humans are. So I watched an interview that you granted a while ago, and you talked about wanting to democratize immigration. I remember, right. I remember very <laughs> well. Um, and I think to myself how um, certain products sort of already exist that make people take the topic of, or the decision of migrating into their own hands, yes. right? So from like remote working, for instance, yes. for some people, it's, you know, stuff like the Global Talent Visa mm -hmm. for the UK. Mm -hmm. um, what would you say are the other 
ways with which people who want to migrate can uh, plug themselves into to make that possible probably from maybe i guess an app perspective yes. or you know a tech enabled uh product or service first thing first thing first thing commercials commercial commercial go and download <laughs> investi <Vesti> app <laughs> no you're going to break down the investi process for us in the bit after this yeah absolutely so yeah i mean there are the, the, the good thing is that we're in a time that it's no longer hush hush. Governments yeah. around the world have announced their commitment to bring the best talents to their country. I'm wondering why country Nigeria hasn't announced. Canada has said, oh, five million people within the next five Don't years. Do you think it's because like this, Nigeria this, has like a huge concentration of the best talents? The best talents. Look so at we it feel that like, way. So we're like, we don't want more people. We well, are so maybe. many and we, the world we wants Vara, us. We're young. We are very talented. Yes. The energy is amazing. We it's persevere. Possible. We persevere. I mean, <laughs> maybe too much even. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that, that that could be. But mm. we need to design a program that attracts the best minds to build because mm. every country has found out that you know, talent is distributed all over the world, yeah. you know. So if you have a space program now, there's nothing wrong in bringing a Russian, an American, a Chinese guy to work with a Nigerian to build our best, you know, space infrastructure. Mm. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong in inviting the best Chinese minds to, to develop our, you know, transportation system and give them and nationalize them. Nothing wrong. That's what all these other countries have done. So, to go sorry to, the to cut you, cut, cut in there. there. We've heard news reports about, you know, government, foreign policy, right, and governments collaborating. Mm. We've heard it with the Nigerian government and the Chinese, and the government. Chinese government. And there are a lot of, you know, controversies around, around that. It, yes. About, oh, if you give, you do this with the Chinese, um, X, Y, or Z will be taken from you. So when you look at it from that perspective, mm. um, how possible is it really yeah. to still sort of get talents from these people? Yeah, well, I mean, while I am not a particular advocate of the Chinese, my whole idea around it is that, Generally, the country must be thinking about where to get the best minds from, from all over. So right. it's not just a question of national pride. Our people are the best. Like, there are truly, talent is truly distributed all over the world. So if this person is Guyanese, if person is Ghanaian, if person is Kenyan, if person is, you know, from Dominican Republic, wherever mm -hmm. the person is from, if they have the ability to contribute to our economy, we should have a system that invites them. And truly, we do. We still give citizenship to a bunch of like yes, people non Nigerians. Non -Nigerians. Yeah. So we do. We just don't have enough investment in that direction. So to talk about what, what we're actually trying to answer is about Canada, the UK, mm -hmm. the US, all these guys at different times, they've set up specific programs also because their population is aging. So their yeah. population is aging and they want some of the youngest people who can contribute to their economy. So they bring those folks over, you know, so that's part of it. Um, now, with those programs being designed, we they end up on just the websites of the governments, like, and they are very cumbersome details. So there are some organizations that have gone ahead to break it down, you know, into pieces. Um, basically, it's been informal. So organizations like... Um, VFS, for example, have created something, but VFS platform is also very, very cumbersome. It's just like the website of the government themselves, right. you know, but what they were trying to do is to simplify it, right? Uh, also, there are Instagram influencers, social media, there's just so many of them who share information about specifics of how to move to Canada, how to move this, so people can follow those. What we have seen with the product or the platform we are creating is that for the very first time, we're able to gamify and break down the whole process of migrating. So you can see the 16 steps you need to follow 
from the day you're leaving Nigeria to the day you land in Canada, for mm-hmm. example, same thing for the United States, same thing for the United Kingdom. So, and there are a couple of efforts around the world, you know, they're calling it Welcome Tech now, that basically is helping to break that down. And there are a bunch of companies that are trying to be part of that whole human and capital mobility, right. you know, and these platforms are there. You know, but what, you, what people I think will be interested in as well is to know what kind of opportunities exist. You talked about yeah. the special talent visa for the UK. Mm-hmm. I want to let them know that the top 10 countries around the world that you will put in the category of first world countries, they all have a special talent visa. France has, you know, Germany has, they all have this special talent visa. So don't just think it's only the UK. UK yeah. You can find out on their websites about what those uh, special talent visas are. Portugal is also getting very attractive because of their tax you know, tax system, their tax breaks, all of that, and the fact that you can get a residency that will give you access to the whole of the EU. Wow. And if you get access to the EU, you can then choose which country you, you want, want to go. leave. Yeah. So they're born. There's also, even Ghana has, like, I mean, I know the economy has been a little tricky the last couple of months, but that was the country I was going to move to if I didn't get a chance to move to the US because my one part of my own main issues was that the erratic power supply and the internet access issues in Nigeria, I was just done with it, you know, and of course, some of the other security issues. So I was like, okay, if nothing happens, I'm just, I'm just going to go to Accra, you know? <laughs> so Ghana is still there. Mm-hmm. Rwanda is also quite great, especially Kigali, you mm-hmm. know, for people who are in tech, you know, you can get like a work permit within a week if you go there. So it's really inspiring. The real question is, if you want to come to Nigeria, can you get a work permit in one week? These are things that yeah. are ease of doing business, you know, there's supposed, to, supposed actually, to be working yeah, on. And so I'm sure they've, they've made considerable amount of pro- progress, you know, in terms of like quickness to register a business, Quickness to register, open a bank account, and some of those things affected our ease of doing business index, index and numbers, yeah. you know. But some of the key things about like how easy it is to get a visa on arrival, all those kind of things, they all matter. And the best countries, I want to tell you this for free, the best countries in the world over the next fifty years will be the countries that are the most welcoming to the best talent. So I have a clear, concise way. So I tell people that people will not be called immigrants in the future. I mm-hmm. don't think that that word is really going to exist because I believe in a future of abundance. So I believe that in the future, some of the countries who have been welcoming to some of the best minds or that provide an enabling environment, they will be the richest countries, they will be the wealthiest countries. And you can already see the indications. Our best doctors, sadly so, our best engineers, they're in Canada and the United States. There is something we can do about it. But there's something we also can do about the ones who are still in medical school now yeah. to make sure that they don't even desire. By the time they look at what they earn here and what is ended, they look at what security looks like, they compare it apples to apples, they see that there's really no need to move, all right? But in the nature of humans, you would realize that when you look at the list of things that actually make people to move, sometimes it's not even socioeconomic conditions. Sometimes it's just mm. a quest for adventure. And that's what we are playing into as an organization. Because people ask me, what happens when Nigeria becomes a first world country? Which I also hope that it will be. What's going to happen to your organization? We are giving humans the power to move. Not necessarily Nigerians moving to the US. So like we want to help somebody from the US to be able to relocate permanently to Nigeria if it right. comes to that. We want to help someone from the United Kingdom to relocate permanently to uh, to, to Gambia if, if, if it gets to that. So in fact, I joke with people because I'm a very big enthusiast of um, 
space travel mm. that in the next couple of years perhaps Vesti will be your pathway to moving to Mars hey. so yeah that's how <laughs> that's how we see it it's just really the power to move and mm-hmm. building the infrastructure the financial infrastructure for future humans uh, people now call it neo-humans neo neo-humans just like you have neo-banks so neo-humans yeah. are folks that are like you know they can have breakfast in Nigeria and have they feel lunch, like in lunch in Dubai <laughs> they just you know half of my friends like I'm doing this in Nigeria now, and half of my friends are I thought I was going to see once I get here. They actually still live in Nigeria. I'm not talking about the ones that moved. Mm-hmm. Even those who live in Nigeria. So actually, I'm on a flight to London. Oh, actually, I'm on a flight. So I'm like, you put on in Nigeria just to see me. <laughs> so yeah, so these are new humans mm-hmm. who desire to be somewhere else. And I hope that there will be a time in the future where people will move mm-hmm. regardless of their socioeconomic status. Yeah. Like people will have the capacity. There will be funds that allow people to see other parts of the world, whether they are rich or not. Because when you think about 200 million people in Nigeria, like the people that can even afford to move abroad. There's, there's not a lot of people. Yeah. So, but it's there a will be a time where by virtue of your education, by virtue of the school you've gone to, you would have gone for a field trip in China or in the US or in Canada and it would just be the ability to and a future of abundance where people will be able to actually see the world. I think it's there. It's the, it, their humanness deserves that nah. they should actually see the world. So something you said stood out for me and it's welcome tech. Um, and I think it stands out for me more because the number of people who have migrated and, you know, um, there's that excitement. It's like, oh, I want to move. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes when you hear back from them after perhaps a couple of months, a couple of years, they're talking about culture shock. Mm. They're talking about, listen, this is what I ordered versus what I got. What I got. This the place excitement. is not as welcoming as people sometimes say it is. You know, people talk about the weather, you know, all of these things. Yeah. Um, how, how do you think, how can welcome tech perhaps, you know, address issues of like racism that people face when they mm. migrate and this, this culture, culture shock, shock that also hits people when they move? Absolutely. So I think more investment should go into welcome tech. We are a platform, obviously, that helps welcome tech. Mm-hmm. We're partnering with hundreds of welcome centers across the US okay. to be able to help welcome people when they arrive, like essentially, how easy is it for you to understand the credit system, understand how to rent the house here, what does it mean to finance a car? These are things that people are not used to when yeah. they live in Nigeria. And same with the UK, same with Canada. The government has some things in place, but like every government, it's not as effective as it should be. Mm. You know, I also think that, again, you might think I'm thinking too far, but I also think that people should actually test what it means to be in minus four degrees before they actually go to Canada. <laughs> like, there should be, like, some Cairo center in Lagos that can be, like, you're leaving yeah. tropical Africa, you're going to the temperate region, feel what minus four looks like before you go. Like, it's not like you discover it, it's just for them to know at this way. Some people have never seen ice this thick before. No, and it gets kind of like, oh, my true. God, this is not what I bargained for. So, yeah, that should happen. But the Welcome Tech concept is just a series of technology solutions that will make people to be able to, number one, get access to a phone as soon as they arrive, get access to, you know, understand what it takes to rent a house. Like part of the shock for us when we moved to the U.S. was that you needed to have rental history. And I read this one that put a landlord anyhow in Nigeria. Like nobody, you can't do you that. Can't do you that. have to have so rented rental an apartment for a year. It's going to like show and they will be able to check what you have done before, whether you used to miss your rent, all those kind of things. So that that was a shock for us. Now, how do you solve it for people who have never lived in America? I, I'm just moving here. Why are you asking me for rental history? And yeah. you can't understand my rental history from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So we found ways to be able to find landlords that are immigrant friendly 
And this doesn't mean that their houses are worse, but they just like, for example, if I'm a landlord now and somebody's moving from Nigeria and I ask him where he lived last Nigeria, and he told me where he lived, I know that I'll be able to understand. So there are landlords that are immigrant friendly that we can basically, and when I say landlords, I'm not even talking about individuals, even apartment complexes, organizations that are okay with welcoming immigrants. So we're identifying those and we're displaying it as well. And also to be able to, uh, for credit, for example, yeah. you know, how do you get a credit score when it's your first time you're just in the country? Mm-hmm. You know, these were things that I was like, so we, we're solving for it now. Now you can import your credit score from Nigeria. And what obviously is that, do we have credit in Nigeria? Do actually, we, we do. For most of a banked population, we actually get assigned a certain credit score by default. And no, when you now start borrowing, it improves or declines. So How about are, when you never borrow? Yeah, if you never borrowed, like, so my brother, both of us decided to import our credit score. Mine was worse, by the way. Really? But <laughs> I don't know why. But he <laughs> has never businesses borrowed. Now you he has never money. borrowed. Yeah. So, and his score still came out. He still got his score. So, mm-hmm. If it was borrowing, it would either decline or increase. Yeah. I, fi- I financed a Mac when I was in Microsoft. Uh. So that, that report was there. So my score was a little lower, you know, but just to show you that whether you have been financing before or not, but there's something that it doesn't even come out for at all. So we recognize that. Yeah. And we still think it's a journey. So mm-hmm. the CIC is one of the credit bureaus in, in, in Nigeria. There are a couple of other credit bureaus that are reporting, that banks report to them, mm-hmm. lenders report to them. So it's actually not a bad thing to borrow, especially now that you know that you're moving abroad. If you're going to be moving abroad, the system in the US and the UK and Canada is actually f- mainly built on, on debt. debt yeah. And because Credit. it's built on debt, you have to begin to think about, you know, how do you have a great score and all of that? You can say, oh, I will have all my money to buy anything I want, but you would see that some of the things you aspire to get are not actually things you can pay cash for. Yeah. And there's even some places where they say, we prefer that you finance. There, there's always like incentives for financing, yeah. for borrowing, yeah. you know, that's what the system is built on. So these are some of the things. So welcome tech around all of that. Also, we're trying to partner with AT&T and T-Mobile nice. to make sure that people can get like access to e-SIMs before they even arrive to the country. Because I know Jeez, folks who oh. got to the UK and were like, where do I get a phone? Who do I talk to? So these are some of the things we're trying to do as well. So I, I believe because this is a, a novel field, welcome tech, you mm-hmm. know, same way there's fintech and all of that, there should be more entrants coming over the next couple of years. We're definitely ahead. We're setting the pace, <laughs> you know, but more people should come in the interest of mankind, you know. So Vesti has gone from being something that wanted to help people just figure out their finance, right, and payment for international transactions to helping migrants um, get information, get guidance when it comes to moving. Yep. And of course, now you're also doing Welcome Tech. Yes. How would you say the company has scaled so far? Where is it right now? What new products do you have? And just break that down for us. Yeah, I mean, we started as just two people, <laughs> you know, who were just trying to figure out how to help people. <coughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, people will call us and say, I want to make payment for West. We'll use our personal cards <laughs> to becoming a company that, you know, now has a virtual card system integrated into our app so you can create your own card and make your own payments. From um, anywhere in the world. From anywhere in the world. Right. And now you can now, we, we grew from that team of just two to like 25 now. And, you know, from two users, three users, four users to about 100,000 users now. Wow. You know, I think before, when you first, uh, when we did that, uh, I think it was December last year. Where, so we did Coven works, right? Was, was Coven works to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we, did we talk about, we also talked about, no, we didn't talk. We talked about Coven works. When yeah, we talked. that's Coven works. But we did the, there was something in uh, Tech City News. Yes, about, yes. When you, yes, 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 We'll link that, we'll link that. And that's, I think we were maybe less than 10,000 users. So wow. now, the past 11 months, 
we're nearly 100k users. In the coming year, we actually have very big plans. We're very um, super ambitious about where we want to go. We want to have like half a million to one million users using our platform. Like, and we're expanding to Ghana. We're expanding to Zambia. We now had in two more destination countries. That's the UK and Canada that we're going to be active in. So it's uh, the traction has been real. Like nice. now we have partnership with Stripe. We have partnerships wow. with you know uh, Nova Credit in the US. We have a couple of new partnerships that we're announcing. You know, our NDIC insured banking partner in Nigeria, Providence Bank, you know, and in the US, you know, are really, really there to make sure that we are primed to tackle this very huge market opportunity. So we're super excited about it. I'm curious about how regulation may, you know, sort of... Um hamper some of your your products right especially when you talk about this virtual dollar card that yes. you have right that's one thing that just makes a lot of nigerians feel so helpless where yes. it's like oh you feel like you figured something out especially in payments um for international transactions and then the policy comes up cbn says uh we can't continue you know that way so um do you think that there could be anything that could come up that could affect this product that you have? Yeah, what we have done is we, we create very good relationship with regulators so we can understand why they are doing what they are doing, right. what they are thinking about, and what is likely to happen next. Mm -hmm. As a result, it prepares us to be able to get our customers covered. Also, we create layers of resilience to make sure that no matter what happens, there is always a backup like plan, that. a backup plan, a backup yeah. plan, uh, because the environment is truly volatile. However, one of the things I realized is sometimes from the standpoint of the regulators, if you sit where they sit, like they're also just trying to figure things out and make sure mm -hmm. that you know things are better for the majority. Mm -hmm. So they don't want a group of people who are just like profiting off of like you know a problem mm -hmm. without considering the re the rest. So part of what we have done is to make sure that we have good alignment with the regulators. We are positioning for all the licenses that we require. Mm -hmm. And where necessary, we are partnering with very licensed bodies that are regulated by the same central bank, you know, to make sure that we do the right things, put all the disclosures where they're supposed to be and all of those things like that. But yeah, I think one of the best things you can just do as an organization that is serving consumers is to try to be several steps ahead so that you can provide your customers what they need at every time. But what you can be sure of is that you know, um, I want you to use Starboy. Starboy day for you. Best <laughs> day for you. Wow. <laughs> what are the biggest and most life-changing lessons you have learned along the way with building Vesti? Yeah, life-changing. Mm. One of it is, I think I learned from my previous venture as well, is you want to figure it all out from the beginning. Mm. It's like, you know, that's, I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said that, you know, if you are, if you are going through like a flight of stairs, even if you can't see everything, just what matters is the next stair, right. you know, in front of you. So that's what I've seen play out as we are building Vesti. We are evolving and we're not scared to make mistakes and evolve. We are evolving, we're getting better, you know, um, and, and that's really guiding us. The other thing is that if you really want, if you want to be truly global, like you have to take big risks and be really, really committed to what you are building. And I think the final one I'll talk about is the fact that you can't be the smartest person in your organization if you want to build a really great company. Mm -hmm. So I'm surrounded by some of the best minds that are around in terms of like, they have the vision, they carry it as well as much as I do. And these are people that are committed, you know, to what we are building. So you can't be the smartest person in the room. Never assume that, oh, because you've given this idea, that has to be the best idea. It can come from even the intern or from, you know, the core member that is just helping. And that has really helped. So today when I see emails flying around, people doing stuff, I'm just really excited that it's not just Bimbo and I doing this now. And we can't wait. What I'm actually quite scared about 
is when we when I can't remember the first name of everybody anymore. <laughs> so I spoke to one That's of my good mentors. That's a problem. I saw one of my mentors and they are just their team members are just crossing between 300 500 and she was wow. telling me that the growth the scary part is from 50 to 100 that mm. because that's when the 61st person you can't remember their first name anymore you are confusing it so we're enjoying the time that we're still small now because within the coming year it seems like we're going to be there we have a lot of open roles right now mm -hmm. you know and it seems like we're going to double in size and you know just tackle this mission you know more aggressively so that's the time i'm like oh my god like it's going to be interesting <laughs> I to say, know. you know to now begin to say oh the guy in kenya the guy in charge of yeah, this like I, yeah. i really hope i can do my best before that time comes. we hope the same with you <laughs> so before we go for anyone who's watching right now who's thinking okay i want to migrate i want to jackpa whatever the word is um and i want to download vesti what do you hope they get from deciding to go the vesti way Yeah, I mean, first of all, what we are doing is that we're simplifying, you know, the whole process of migration. You don't give the visas. We don't we're not the country, <laughs> Cuz I think we have that thing where it's like we like getting visas. No, we're not. <laughs> we're not the consular, so we're simplifying the entire process because mm -hmm. I have seen people I, I I designed a program when we were starting Vesti called uh, Move in 12 months. Right. And in fact, when I say that to myself now, I'm like, isn't that too long? But Move in 12 months when we created it, was really surprising to a lot of mm. people that really because some of them have been trying to migrate for five years mm. so creating a program that can actually guarantee that they will move in 12 months and what did i design we just showed them that if you have multiple approaches canada uk you choose your top three countries right and we still have that in the app today when mm. you join the app you have to choose your top three countries that you want to move to and that would basically determine what you begin to see within the app so essentially if you choose top three countries and work on them you've created layers of you know sort of like resilience for yourself excuse me and that, what that would do for you is to make sure that you would definitely land in one of those countries that you desire so if it's education that you are going for and doesn't matter whether it's US, Canada or the UK then that's fine if it's a family migration and you are like you're not bent on just one country you can create other multiple plans for yourself so one of the things people get is the fact that it simplifies it there's a gamified approach called pathways right. in the app It has the plain sign like this just to show that you're going. Mm -hmm. And you can basically select from any of the pathways that are available. Right. And you will see the step-by-step -step approach to move. Also, we have an in-app chat feature where you can actually chat with like specialists, you know, on specific migration pathways. Mm -hmm. We also have a specific product called Education Pathway, which is clearly like the UK now is and are hoping to welcome as many immigrants as possible. Mm -hmm. So, um, We have that education pathway is a specific products that helps you to find low barrier schools that are great. We say low barrier because people are stuck on my school is looking for GRE, my school is looking for TOEFL or IELTS. Yeah. Can I find a school that won't ask for any of these tests, you know, and that will still enable me? So we have a compilation of all those schools and we even have support with filling your forms because You know, before when I started, I used to come with this God complex superiority of like my wife would tell me, what you think is easy for you is not easy for every other person. person. But I think I'm better this year for it because we started now designing things that help people. Before I would say, I ah, can't you just Google it? Can't you just search for it? Can't you just fill this form? But we are not all our strengths are different. Sure. Some of us are good with documentation and mm -hmm. forms and this and that. Others are not. 
So we created a pathway called Education Pathway that you'll get a concierge from our team, you know, to basically help you at like one-fifth of the price that even inexperienced agents will charge. charge. So that, that has helped a lot of people. So yeah, the app is there for you. You can even create a bank account, create a card before you leave Nigeria if you're on the way to move in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of those things are just are just there. And every day we're trying to improve the user experience as we go. Will this be free forever? Or well, do you hope to put well, a table well, at some Well, point? as a matter of fact, it's not even 100% free right now. Right. So most of the using of the pathways, learning is still free. We'll probably make it a subscription-based feature later. Okay. So please use it while it's free now. You know, but when you're making payments for like, let's say you're pay- paying for, you're making a fee, like there's some very tiny transaction fees that we charge as a business, you know, as well. If you are funding your card or you are spending your card as well, there are a couple of transaction fees here and there. But we bring that convenience and ease you know, to you so that you don't have to be calling, you know, Daddy London or Mommy London to help <laughs> you make that payment when you can actually do it yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I've had of people who wanted to pay for their service fee and they had to call somebody. The person would say, next month when I'm going to Walmart, that's when I can go and pay it. I yeah. go to Walmart only once a month. I can't go now. Yeah. You know, all these kind of things. Or they make a mistake in their spell- name spellings and it costs that person their admission cycle yeah. entirely. Yeah. So all that, you can now do that by yourself and you can get help directly on our app with folks who are always there to assist you. Lovely. That's all we can take today. That's been it's been so insightful. <laughs> I I've learned I I've learned so much and I hope that you have as well. And in the event that you are perhaps looking at the possibility of migrating or you know just being a nomad as you I have know. been created to be to <laughs> see the world, to experience it and to just have some adventure in some part of the world, we think that this is a very good place to start. Vesti is available for download on your Google Play Store and your App Store as well. Thank you so much, Shola. My pleasure. Coming on the Thank podcast. You. This has been really exciting. Have any shout outs to give? Shout out. Oh, who are you shout out to? Just, ah, it's okay. So my wife will not say, oh, cue me. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Yeah, shout out to my wife. Like, amazing. She's very Aww. supportive. She understands, like, where we are going. Sometimes I can be, you know, but she knows that. The, she, knows, she knows where we are going because we have two wonderful girls who are like. Aww. Them boys, so imagine. just managing all of that. So shout out to shout out to all my team members listening as well. Mm-hmm. Vesti guys, you know I love you guys. Vesti. Shout out to all of you guys. How, how would that be? Vesti, Vesti. Vesti. <laughs> See you guys next time on the Texas Podcast. I'm Bella Rizukoje Duruji. Thanks for watching.